0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 45. This is IGN's best and only Xbox 360-centric podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Hopper, the head of IGN's Xbox channel. Joining me today are my locksmiths, Peter Eichmanns. What is up? And Beard-in-Chief, Casey Lynch. Hello. What's up, fellas? How's it going?
1: Hi, Steven!
0: Good. It's going good. And hi, Casey. <laughs> had to answer you each. Um, yeah, it's so polite. Uh, going on a busy time. like that's, it's, it's true. Getting crazy all over again. Um, we had a, a, a short respite, and uh, last week we had mentioned that... Um, there have been a lot of games coming out. Like, last week was a super busy week, and this week it's not letting up. There's still a ton of really awesome games that are just coming out yeah, every exactly. week. And uh, I'm not sure when it's going to end. I'm kind of afraid. am <laughs> a little terrified, guys. I don't know. The re- release cal- calendar is stacked this year. Yeah, no kidding. It's just crazy. And uh, and with some great games, too. Like, just this week. Exactly. Um, Amalur came out kingdoms of amalur kingdoms of we're going to talk about that a little bit uh we're also going to talk about the darkness 2 which also came out um and pete's gonna enlighten us on the new iron brigade trenched iron brigade dlc um Mm -hmm. rise of the martian bear which sounds pretty awesome the bear's got a good beard just a name that sounds awesome i know like it it could be crap and still get props (laughs) for that name and uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about used sales and or used games rather, and the and the whole debate of whether or not the 720 uh, will allow or won't allow you to play used games. Uh, but first off, guys, let's let's talk about this Kingdoms of Amalur thing, which uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's it's this uh, pretty interesting <laughs> little game. Well, it's funny. Like a few months ago, it seemed like nobody
2: had heard of it. Yeah, that's true. Even though like we were saying very highly positive things about it, we were all getting a bit excited for it, but it was still just didn't have much behind it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it really did kind of go under the radar for a while there. And I remember there being like a lot of like, okay, is this thing legit? Is it actually going to happen? Just because, I mean, when you get into a situation where you have that many huge names attached to a project, like R.A. Salvatore and Todd McFarlane and Kurt Schilling and uh, uh, Ken uh, Ralston. Is that his name? I believe so. Yeah, the the guy who uh, worked on uh, Oblivion and uh, a few other, like, huge, awesome, epic fantasy RPG-type games. You know, when you you have that many chefs in the kitchen, usually something happens and it doesn't turn out that great. You know, it doesn't live up to the hype, or sometimes it just doesn't come out and becomes vaporware. Um, That's true. But, yeah, I mean, I think... Once people realized that it was legit and that the game was coming out and they started, you know, really paying attention to all the awesome things that people were saying about it, you know, especially IGN. Yeah, Mr. Moriarty loved it. Yeah, he was he was definitely tooting the horn for that game. And <laughs> rightly so, because it's a, a freaking awesome game. It's, exactly. It's really, really great game. Like, if you're a fan of, you know, Skyrim or Oblivion or, or Dragon Age, you know, definitely definitely give this one a look. It's got a, a great blend of uh, RPG elements, um, you know, a, a rich story, huge, huge environments with you know tons of of missions and people you can talk to. Ten thousand years of backstory. Ten thousand years of backstory, <laughs> and uh, just the the combat is is great too. I mean, usually with these games, you know, the, these huge sprawling. Epic RPGs like you know Fallout and you know Skyrim and Oblivion, not a lot of focus is put on the combat. Like it just feels kind of you know like a second secondary thing yeah. that the developers don't really focus on. But in Amalur, it really feels like they took great pains to make it a compelling game to you know play and make action fun. Um, you know, usually I'm the type of guy who in in any kind of you know big epic RPG game. I usually, you know, roll a fighter class just because you know they're they're pretty easy to get I'm into. Kind of the same way. I usually yeah. start there. Something they can just brawl it up. Exactly. You know, Somebody take you some know, hits. Deal yeah, some damage. Some, something simple and you know, pretty black and white to approach the game with. It's like, okay, I got a sword, I'm gonna hit that guy, I get a better sword, <laughs> I'm gonna hit him harder. Like that's you know, a, a given in a in an RPG game. But the cool thing about Almuller is I'm having such a great time playing with like mage classes. Like doing magic, it, it feels so fluid. Mm-hmm. Like you can launch into a a, a, a a staff combo, and you know be you know kicking somebody's ass with like fire attacks just based on your staff, and then you can um, you know immediately at the end of the, the tail end of the combo pull off like a lightning attack and and kill the guy, and it it all happens so fluidly that it, it's just a blast to play. It's great, um, Casey. You've uh, you played a little bit of it. Uh, how do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, all of that and above. I mean, I would describe the combat as sort of a a mix of what you're traditionally familiar with with RPGs, but kind of taken to a god of war extreme. Like, it it moves quickly, and it feels real visceral. Like, the the hits have, like, a, a sense of... Uh, they, they carry weight. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, and then the look of the game, too, is really curious. It, it doesn't look anything like Oblivion or Skyrim. It mm-hmm. looks more like Fable sort of meets World of Warcraft. And um, yeah. real bright colors and uh, kind of exaggerated character models. Just yeah. just a little bit. Not uh, not quite over to the the side of fable mm-hmm. but uh, I would say of out of everything in the game so far the two things that really stand out to me are the depth of the story and then the gameplay the gameplay is is uh, is super tight and I think when you when you call it fluid it's certainly that and it's very responsive mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're um, like you're waiting for your the character model to carry out a command that I think you often feel in Skyrim and certainly to a greater degree in oblivion right um, so I, I I really think it's great
0: yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to sinking more time into it. Yeah, I know. I, I'm going to take some real time
2: <laughs> and enjoy it. Enjoy the go. ride. Exactly. And it's going to be a long-ass ride, too. I know. That's the problem, though. I'm still finishing parts of 2011.
0: Oh, that's true. I yeah. just
2: I'm I'm like a third into Deus Ex and that's got <laughs> me for like the next few weeks at least.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. Talk about that. What do you, how do you feel about Deus Ex? I,
2: it was interesting. I mean, it, when it started, I really liked it. It seemed a little bit overwhelming because mm-hmm. I didn't quite know how I wanted to play the whole thing, and I kind of at first I was like, all right, I'm gonna do that stealth thing. I'm gonna take tranquilizer darts, stun guns, and just go through it silently. Non-lethal, and then when I finally gave myself permission, I was like, you know what, you got to handle every situation a little bit differently. Yeah. And I gave myself permission to down a few dudes, take them out, kill them, whatever mm. it took. Wow. And now I'm enjoying it a lot more. Now that I can kind of approach every situation as I see fit. Okay. And I mean, I'm still very early on. Like I'm starting to unlock a few powers, like mm-hmm. breaking through walls, some higher level hacking and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm just really enjoying it. I mean, it to one on one hand, it does feel like all right, I can either go and cover and open a firefight with these guys, or I find where the vent is, you know, it kind of feels like those are your choices sometimes, but just being able to kind of mix those up, um, like being the guy in the vent shooting at them, you know, right. For sure. Choices. I'm enjoying it though. I'm curious to see where it goes.
0: Yeah. I, I have a problem though. I mean, like, like you were saying, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's good to be able to just unload and, you know, pop a few guys here and there when you're, when you're playing a game like this. But I have this, it's um, like a quasi OCD hang up, (laughs) where if I have that option in a game to be completely altruistic and not kill anyone, and I get some sort of reward for it, if I do, that's what I'll do. Yeah. Like um, Mirror's Edge. I didn't kill a single person when I played through that game. And I got the, there's an achievement that you get at the end for doing that. But I just remember, oh God, especially in that, um, I don't know if you guys ever played it. It was a while ago. Yep. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, but you know, there's this part where you're, like, in this mainframe area, and there's literally, like, a couple dozen dudes just, you know, <laughs> unloading clips into you, and you have to, like, destroy the mainframes by, you know, just punching the shit out of them and then, like, running up the stairs and, and getting away before they kill you. Like, if you had a gun, then you you could do that scene in, like, five minutes. I mean, it's <laughs> not a problem. But, you know, having having that, like, added thing of, like, okay if i if i kill somebody then i've completely compromised everything you know i mean I, that added a, a whole new element to it and made it you know that much more challenging and that much more rewarding when i actually did it and also like another reason i did that with Mirror, not not to talk about like a, a five-year-old game no, that's fine but um
1: god that's five years old
0: that's really i think scary. yeah it's 2007 right yeah i think so yeah. oh yeah. geez yeah it's five years guys <laughs> oh what this <laughs> happened Anyway like you're on trial for or you're not on trial you're you're being framed for murder, and that's kind of one of the reasons why faith has to run around and you know try to figure out who's framing her and you know absolve herself or or not absolve but uh acquit herself basically yeah. of of what's going on um <clears throat> so it it almost seems somewhat counterintuitive to me to like say oh shit i'm I'm framed for murder." I know what I'll do. I'll go kill people. <laughs> so I, that was another reason why I kind of avoided it. Like, it didn't feel like it would go along with the game's story and the game's arc. But, yeah, basically, I, I haven't finished uh, Deus Ex yet, but I have a feeling that when I do, I will have not killed anyone because I just can't. Like, if, if I have that option in a game, I'll, I, I will do it completely alt- altruistically. So Yeah, it takes patience. It does. Wait, how did we start talking about to Deus Ex? I just, I said I saw I I just had got to, a tweet.
2: <laughs> I had to finish <laughs> off uh, 2011 games before I can get to MLS yeah. but what I'm oh, saying. And he just started okay. Deus
0: Ex. And, you know, it's kind of been this recurring theme in this podcast where we give Pete shit for, for completely missing Deus right. Ex. but you know <laughs> so the, It came yeah, out, you know, when he got married and he was out of the office for all that time. Any reason to play Deus Ex is a great reason. No. So. Yeah. And here's another tie in for you. This mm. week on Xbox Live, oh. the. Uh, um, Deus Ex Human Revolution DLC is on sale. Yeah. So you can actually get the Missing Link DLC pack for Half off. 600 Microsoft points instead of 1,200. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, ha! there you go. <laughs> Tied Ties together. In. Keeping it all current. Very nice. Um, so,
1: yeah. Let's move on to Darkness 2. You've played quite a bit of this, Mr. Lynch. I have. It's, uh, it's good. I mean, for fans yeah. of the first one, uh, it takes sort of the formula of... Your quad wielding, you know, uh, shooter slash demonic darkness powers, um, mm-hmm. and it just it kind of updates all that. Uh, it it increases <laughs> your abilities and just kind of fine tunes them. I think the Digital Extremes has done a really good job um, with the gameplay. Mm-hmm. The game's pretty uh, pretty brief; it goes by at a pretty quick clip. Yeah. So it's about six or seven hours, depending on what difficulty you played on. Okay. Um, some of the boss fights are super irritating, but um, and that just might be my disdain for. Or just boss fights that are plunked right down in the middle of something yeah. that just kind of, it's like a bad puzzle. It's like Prey. Like, you remember in Prey when you'd be zipping through stuff, and you're like, oh, shit, da, 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 whatever's going on. And, and then all of a sudden, you would just stop. There's this puzzle, yeah. and you're, you're looking around the room. You're like, oh, what do I have to do? I have to flip the room upside down. And, and yeah. you know, it's, and that's not to say that I don't like puzzles. But um, the boss fights in dark, in the darkness, too, stand out for some reason. Mm. Um and, you know, sometimes it just makes me question, like, do we need boss fights at all? Yeah. Like, why are they there? Like, I saw somebody um, on Twitter post, and I don't remember who it was, uh, but they said something to the effect of, you know, I've never found myself playing a game and and thinking to myself, this would be a great moment for a boss fight. <laughs> and I had to agree, you know, I, and chuckle as I read that. And, you know, I think as they come up, you know, it depends on the game for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some boss fights in games like God of War and, um, you know, plenty of other games that that are fantastic, Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. They just like the the. I knew it was going to be like this too in the game when you f- the first one you face um, a guy named Shifty, and it's uh, it's just a uh, I just didn't like it. So that would right. be my my only gripe against it. I think the art style is cool. It's very you know, kind of that pastel uh, palette. Uh, whatever you call it, like the... It's not cell-shaded, but it's... it's well, got it's, a, a, it's a filter that goes over it that yeah, gives yeah. it this kind of oil, washed-out, cell-almost-shaded look. For sure. It's very similar to Borderlands. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it makes it look like a moving comic book, which... It looks awesome. Right. Yeah. That's and, my it, favorite thing about it. And that's a nice throwback to the original sort of um, top cow source material right. um, from the comic Because, yeah, even the original Darkness game didn't look that much like a comic book. No, not no, to this extent no, at all. Not at all. Yeah. No, it, it didn't... It, it just
0: looked like a, another shooter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I like the direction. Um, I also like their use of color. Like there's uh, mm-hmm. there's some real distinct use of the the more typical shooter colors of you know nighttime scenes and industrial sections mm-hmm. um, and lots of grays and cold blues. But then there's all these bright purples and um, I don't know. It's just it's uh, it's I, I like the presentation. So I'm I'm eager yeah. to finish it. I've been super crazy busy though. Right. It's your fault. I'm sorry. I, don't, I just
0: said that no <laughs> I, I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I've spent less time with it than you have, um, but I do like you know the the direction that uh, Digital Extremes has taken the game. I do miss kind of the the little moments from the original game thus far. Like one of my favorite things, actually, no, scratch that. My favorite thing that you can <laughs> oh, do in I the darkness.
1: Yeah, sitting yeah. on the couch yeah. with your girlfriend. Well, there's a there's a there's a moment <laughs> like that in the darkness too. It's not sitting on a couch, but there's actually another achievement tied to it, and actually requires some skill as opposed to just sitting on the couch like a dumbass for 20 minutes. Well, I'll. Uh, I I don't it's have to It's pretty the game. early in the game. So is it? Yeah. I wonder if I and may it, require, it. And it actually involves the person that you're sitting on the couch with in the first one. Oh, spoiler oh, show! don't oh no. I'll just stop there. Yeah, leave it at that. But, um, but of, you should, on, look into it. on that note, um, th- there is a little skill involved with it. So if you're uh, an achievement <coughs> whore um, mm-hmm. and you're looking to uh, come away with your first... Um, from your first playthrough with a thousand gamer score, which is completely possible, I th- really, I think so. No, sure. um, wow, okay. I, have, I haven't finished it, but but our wiki guide um, for The Darkness Two on IGN.com in our wiki section mm-hmm. uh, has a great achievements guide. Um, our guy Destin Legieri, who does all that stuff, um, he played it through like three times, and he has all the achievements. And it's yeah. a, and it, he also has a guide to collect all the relics as well, which is uh, that's the collectibles in the game. Huh. Indeed. So there you go. The answers are out there. Yeah. Absolutely, but yeah, I mean, thus far, it seems like a pretty good game. Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, the uh, the multiplayer looks fun too. Uh, I haven't played it, but they were doing the play test uh, for the review in the office last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I like about it is it introduces new characters, and they all have a little bit of a backstory. The, the one guy that I um, that I played uh, at, at my house and. So, so the 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 co op section you can actually play by yourself. So they're like separate missions that you can play in co op, and I think that they're better in co op. But you, can you mean actually, by yourself, you have like
0: an AI comrade, or no, no, are no. You, you alone? No, no, you actually
1: play them alone. Yeah, they're called these vendetta missions, oh. and um, so they're designed to be played in, in a co op um, format. But uh, you know, in a nice move to not keep that stuff barred from people who don't have friends, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you can play them solo. So I played one of them solo, and you play as this kind of like ninja samurai guy. I forget his name, but you have a badass sword and instead of actually having darkness powers that have um you know have the mouths that eat the hearts out of the bad guys after you kill them Uh your your samurai sword destroys the hearts do
0: you you get a you get a a bonus for that though like when you eat the hearts you get like life
1: yes you get life and you get um you know a little like an uptick of xp i think plus 10 or something Wow. all right very cool hearts very cool and you've had no
0: experience with darkness too right pete Mm mm-hmm I
2: just a whole lot of looking over people's <laughs> shoulders and being like,
0: "Wow, that looks great!" Yeah, it, it looks it, very pretty. It, it it does look very cool. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool looking game. So yeah, uh, moving on. Let's talk about something you have played, Pete. <laughs> uh, you've been spending a lot of time lately with the uh, Rise of the Martian Bear DLC for uh, Iron Brigade. Iron Brigade slash Trenched. It's been
2: somewhat of a comedy of errors. (laughs) (laughs) Explain. It all began because you can't actually access the DLC unless you have beaten the game yourself. Mm -hmm. And when I played through Iron Brigade slash Trenched last year when it came out, I was playing co-op on somebody else's main game. So even Mm -hmm. though I'd beaten the boss of the game, beaten all the levels, uh, mine was still locked somewhere in the final act. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't even access the... um, dlc when i first downloaded it so i took a few stabs to get a little further um but then it turned out anthony gallegos who had reviewed the game for us last year um he's like oh i'll bring in my save tomorrow uh Mm -hmm. you can use my account to play it so i did that i loaded up his save um, but his um wasn't that much higher level than mine was and so i could get to the first level of the new dlc but i wasn't powerful enough to beat it playing single player so then I thought, oh, hey, Mitch uh, Dyer, our new uh, Xbox editor over here, who you guys will meet very, very soon. Very soon. Woo! Um, also beat the game and had a save game. And he's like, oh, I'll bring it in tomorrow. So the next day, uh, Mitch loaded up his profile, but it loaded up a save game that put him back at like zero from right. whatever he had actually <laughs> saved it at. So even with his level one mech alongside my level 10 mech, we, had, we still couldn't beat that level at first. So I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> So then I went back on my own account. I was like, all right, I'm going to take this home. I'm going to level up. I'm going to finish off the game on my own. Uh And I'm going to get there. And sure enough, that's where I am right now. I beat the first two levels of the new DLC. Nice. um, On my own account, all by my lonesome. And it's actually kind of a cool way to do dlc it's very like for the fans Mm -hmm. and it's very much a challenge it's not like just throw away extra content like oh here's some side story quest to play for a little while yeah it's like okay this is the hardest levels you've played yet uh you probably want to do it with some other high level characters and uh good luck yeah which i think is kind of awesome i mean it it would be nice to have the option i guess to if it's something you purchase to access it before beating the game Mm -hmm. but it's not that long of a game on its own so i kind of appreciated the journey going back and kind of beefing up my own character getting some great new weapon unlocks and um kind of at a point where i can kick a lot more ass Cool. so if you love trench the first time around if you beat it and you have a nice maxed out i don't know what the max is actually on characters but if you have a high level character and you want more um basically the new chapter adds five whole levels with a final boss fight um, Mm -hmm. continuing the story much harder than the levels before it um so it's more of a good thing
0: yeah i mean it's almost kind of a sequel because it yeah carries the storyline
2: forward exactly um, so the way the, the original game worked it was like five uh different parts of the world with five levels each so there were 15 levels mm-hmm. and so this adds on an additional five levels so it's like adding a whole nother you know 33 of the game on top of what's already there wow but i don't know i say if you love trench the first time grab it otherwise if you've never played trenched grab trenched and if you like that then get this <coughs> dlc totally and uh, how much does it go for, Pete? Uh, I want to say five hundred and sixty Microsoft points. Okay,
0: maybe eight hundred. I don't know. That's a great <laughs> question. I should have an answer to that. Yeah, we'll look into it. We'll but look into it. Yeah, it's uh, sounds awesome. More I need to I need to buckle down and actually finish. The hardest thing is calling it Iron Brigade. I yeah. still think of it. trench. The funny
2: thing I was uh, talking about when I first <coughs> installed it, I hadn't actually played Iron Brigade since it became Iron Brigade. Uh-huh. So when I uh, loaded it up on the Xbox, it was actually filed under T, but called Iron Brigade, because <laughs> the game itself still thought it was trenched. And it took like two or three updates to actually get it up to speed and back to uh, its current form.
0: Tyron Brigade. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, sounds great. Double fine. Sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, let's talk about used games. Now, uh, it, I think it was last week, uh, we ran a story that revealed that um, there's a rumor going around that the Xbox 720, or the Loop, or whatever it wants to be called, um, will not allow you to play used games on it. Um, it wasn't known exactly how it would do this, since, you know, it's just a rumor at this point. We don't really know if that's the case. Um but it's brought up a really interesting, you know, kind of argument about used games and what they mean for the industry, what they mean to gamers, what they mean for, you know, publishers, developers. And, um, yeah, let's let's talk about it a little bit. Um, Pete, you kind of had an argument for the sales of used games. Well, it's like uh, it's a
2: multi-multi-sided coin. <clears throat> There's Absolutely. several multiple sides of this coin Yeah. so I was saying that like in the past year since college you know you hit tough, tough econo- economic times I've sold games on eBay I've sold games you know mm-hmm. traded things out and tried to give myself a leg up in that respect Right. and if used games go away then that kind of goes <coughs> away um, but it's it's weird like at the same time when you buy a used game from like a brick and mortar store and they knock five dollars off the full price that's much less of a thing like yeah. I've had much more been like okay this is cool this is like the old days if like you buy something on eBay or sell something on eBay you're getting an actual deal there you're yeah. you know you're buying a game for like ten to twenty bucks which makes more sense when you're talking used um, but then when you these stores are making a ton of money off used games that are mm-hmm. really only saving you a handful of bucks that's when it becomes a little bit weird and I know like our whole industry is moving away from. Um, like rentals and that kind of thing anyways but like when i was growing up that's what you did you know you rented a game if you liked it maybe you'd buy it because you keep paying it playing it but um if that's just not there anymore it's like the exposure to the wider market of games just isn't there if there's no such thing as a used game anymore but i think on the positive side if we really are going to a place where used games are going away and it's all digital download um if prices start to come down on full retail Mm -hmm. products because you know you're skipping the middleman on packaging and um shipping and all that stuff then it starts to make more sense it starts to be more affordable because if you're throwing down you know 60 bucks for a product it's nice to have something to show for that
0: yeah something to hold yeah and you know from the from the standpoint of you know publishers and developers and stuff i mean there's two different things going on here there's you know the idea that you were saying before about you know having a game being done with it and selling it on ebay for like maybe you know 20 or 30 bucks and uh these brick-and-mortar stores like, um, you know, GameStop and uh, now Best Buy and Amazon are getting into the used sales game. Like, when it starts to become this big industry thing where, um, you know, these companies basically, these retailers are, you know, taking the initiative of reselling product and uh, effectively cutting out the publishers. Of of these games, I mean that's that's when it starts to become a problem and kind of how this downward trend has been going, and um, you know they uh, with with you know uh, online passes uh, for games um, publishers have really started to take notice and say, hey, you know, this is affecting us. You know, we need to do something to curtail this. And it has been. I mean, if you look, there's been a lot of studio closures, a lot of... It's getting really, really difficult to be a publisher and a developer or a developer of games these days. I mean, you can pretty much make or break your entire company on the success or failure of one game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, used used sales are just another obstacle that, that stands in people's way. Uh, when it comes to this so i mean it's 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 difficult because <clears throat> you know you 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 do want to make your fans happy you want you want a lot of people playing your game, but at the end of the day it this is a business, and people mm-hmm. have to make money or else these companies can 't sustain and you know if you have someone like like GameStop selling you know the same game for five bucks cheaper you know and and the the publisher getting absolutely none of that money like not a dime of that goes back to the publisher and but it's another use it's another sale like somebody one person buys it to be sure and Mm -hmm. this is an argument that i've heard a lot where people say that oh well you know it's somebody already bought that game so the publisher got their money well yes somebody did buy that game the publisher did see you know revenue for that sale but then there's this guy who comes in and and buys the game for like maybe five bucks cheaper. And mm-hmm. is five bucks really that much when it comes to a $60 game? I mean, no. And I mean, of course, there are, you know, deals that happen and like buy two, get one free. Yeah. Um, you, you see a lot of that stuff going around. But I mean, effectively, it's a $55 game, a $60 game going for 55 bucks, And, you know, somebody's going to take that. And that would have been somebody who potentially could have spent sixty bucks on the game, and the publisher would have, would have saw that money. But yeah. it's that that market is just not there. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's 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 a really a really tough position to be in for publishers and developers of like having this game, you know, putting you know millions of dollars into its development and then having you know, this sizable chunk of revenue basically go to an outside party, go to this middleman instead of them, yeah. where it should rightly go. So, I mean, it's
1: it's weird. I don't know. Casey, what do you think? I mean, there's there's arguments for both. In the world that we live in right <coughs> now, the publishers shoulder most of the burden um, because, frankly, they need the retailers. Uh, we don't live in a a world of total digital distribution. I think that we're going to get there sometime within the next decade. Mm -hmm. But right now, for the publishers to make money, they they have to rely on the retailers. And the retailers know that. So the retailers... Uh, you know, have devised this plan. And not all of them. It's mostly, you know, the GameStops and uh, the EBs that still are out there and other outlets that are like those, um, whether they be giant chains or just, you know, mom and pop places Hmm. that are just trying to find a way to further monetize on that. Um, So, I mean, you know, the fact that that exists is sort of that's on the publishers so uh, I think ultimately what ought to happen is the developers I mean the developers get paid regardless of if the. I mean typically regardless if the game sells or not Um, there's some sort of upfront uh, payment and then um, they get paid upon uh, their milestone completions and then they get paid for the delivery of the GMC the gold master candidate which then goes in for certification and so on and so forth. Uh, but a lot of developers have deals where they get then paid on, you know, the, uh, however number of units are sold and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, you know, so I think for the developers, uh, for the, for those that are truly risk-averse and, you know, want to see something uh, in lieu of them losing money to these retailers, um, they need better contracts. Um, on the flip side, uh, I think that the more that we see this digital distribution start to pick up, you um, the less and less that's going to become an issue. I think in the meantime, all these things that you're talking about, like the online pass, or even like what we saw, like we were fooling around with uh, Vitas last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steven and I both have Vitas, and we have like a stack of games, and we were over at Steven's apartment just playing through everything. And I had Ninja Gaiden, and I gave it to him, and he played it. And when he put it in his Vita, he got a message saying that – if he wanted to play, that there was already a save file with trophies, and that uh, it would he would either have to play without getting new trophies, or he would erase my save file. Mm-hmm. So, huh. so which is it's kind of a weird, sneaky, backhanded DRM almost. Um, yeah. So, I think that that could be some sort of a solution. Because when what, what I think about used games, I don't just think about um, going and, and trading in games at, at a store or buying a used game. I think of just going over to people's houses and with yeah. my games. Like, Meaning, I couldn't go over to Peter's house with a stack of games and sit on the couch and play co-op or play Halo or whatever with my game. It would, it would, I would put it in and, and his Xbox would say, no, it's, yeah. that yeah. one belongs to Casey's Xbox or some <laughs> such thing. <laughs> Which is crazy if you think about it that is um nuts. it is so, but that's that's what we're talking about, so the fact that i you know the fact that I can't do what I want with a product once i've once I've purchased it, you know well is, yeah it's weird it you know it's all it would almost be like creating a fee for a book that you know yeah. once I've read it and I sell it to a used bookstore um you know, it can't actually be read by another person until some <laughs> code gets put in it, which is bonkers, right? Yeah. but we are seeing that, and like, but yeah, that's I what mean, this is. Yeah, even
0: in like, you know, the the Kindle and the an e reader and all that kind of like digital books and stuff. Like, I mean, they have trading systems in place for those, but it's very like managed and super limited. I mean, we're kind of getting away from the whole, you know, physical medium thing of like being able to
1: just exchange. Things and that brings up an entirely different proposition too, because the original, the notion of um, the used scale, meaning, uh, you know, mint and box to near mint and so on and so forth like Mm -hmm. there's no degradation of quality you know between an ebook that you've read and then you know you're trading it to me but now it's marked down at a used price because you read it like (laughs) it's not like it's you know there's some dog-eared uh pages or something or there's writing in the book um so it's funny that there's you know the you know all these companies Amazon or you know whoever it might be with ebooks and you know with these games they're they're constantly just trying to find a way to make sure that their content isn't pirated and stolen and yeah. and you know uh, available for free and obviously nobody can um you know criticize somebody for for wanting to protect themselves against against that in the end the the people that seem most unlikely <coughs> to suffer are those who have to suffer with these things which are the mm-hmm. gamers ultimately and second the developers so i don't know i mean I, I think ten years from now, when everything is digitally distributed, this this is going to be an con- entirely different conversation. We'll have a different set of problems, yeah. Um, but this specific issue will all go away, yeah, right, for the most part.
0: And well, to go back to one of the points that you'd made, um, like about a developer's deal, and uh, you know they get paid at, at various points, ending with the uh, the gold master candidate. I mean, yeah, that that happens with a lot of publishers who are just kind of working or with a lot of developers who just are working with a, a publisher on a contract basis. But <clears throat> there are a lot of, pu- of developers who are owned by publishers yep. and if their games don't sell, I mean, look at bizarre creations as an example, if their games don't sell, they will get shuttered yep. and that sucks. I mean, it's, it's terrible. And, you know, I mean, looking back at used game sales, it's, I mean, that's a huge obstacle for for any
1: publisher, and, you know, by means of trickling down developers, too. I think, That's, you know, I mean, the, there's there's a lot of things that can happen in the meantime before we get to the truly next generation of distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that would be incredible is if one of the major power players in third-party sales, like EA, say, for instance, they just went to GameStop and said, hey, listen, we're not going to give you our games unless we get a portion of your buyback. So... Yeah. You know, because what's happening is they put all the effort and they put all you know all the research and development, blah 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 blah, all the manufacturing, and then GameStop <coughs> is basically just this, you know, swimming in cash middle guy, and they buy back the game for you know a, a huge profit, like yeah, a typically crazy profit. Typically at GameStop,
0: a used game, if you bring it in there like a brand new release, like if it came out that week and you yep. played it for like a day and a half, and then you brought it in at GameStop, they'd give you. Um, around 30 bucks for it. Yeah. And then they would immediately turn around, retag it and sell that same copy for $55. So they're making roughly 25
1: bucks just for being there. Yep. So it's crazy. E- if EA were to say, "Hey, for every every time you do that, we get 10 bucks." Mhm. Then GameStop would be in a really uh, a bad position. And and EA could very easily do that. They could absolutely do that. We won't sell in GameStop and we're going to do a full promotion with Target and Best Buy and Mm -hmm. Walmart and Amazon and you'll see all of our stuff there. Yeah. And uh, if you don't like it, then... Then change, but it's interesting, and this is where I come back to that I think that the that this is the cross to bear of the publishers, and anyone that wants to whine needs to talk with them because it's yeah. their issue and their relationship with the retailers. Nobody's made a move like that because the publishers are quite happy with what they're getting paid up front. You don't see the publishers complaining about the developers not getting paid. So yeah. that's where I think the the real issue is.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very weird, sticky subject. That's what I would do if I worked at EA.
1: Yeah. Well, in in the in the
0: whole buyback thing um i can't remember who it is i think it might have been games somebody some uh retailer a brick and mortar place in the uk um last week or the week before said that they would do that said that like okay if if the publishers came to us with that kind of kind of deal where they wanted to cut and they would get rid of online passes completely like it would it would have to be that kind of a trade off they'd have to completely do away abolish um online passes in their games and this retailer would give them then you know a
1: buy some of that money back for for you sales. Cause hmm. think about it, if you're making a twenty five dollar <coughs> profit on nothing, um, I mean obviously it would it would be a big hit to their bottom line if you look at it in mass across you know the entire country if yeah. not the world on that type of a scale. Um, but you know even if you gave up. Uh, a quarter of that to a half of that, you're still making money on nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, still profit. Absolutely. But obviously the retailers don't want to hear that. And they would, you know, I think they would kick and scream about that greatly. Yeah. That's true. I mean, now, they,
0: they like the way it is and publishers are dealing with it the way it is and, you know, doing little things here and there. There's like a cold war going on between. <laughs> there is. Between absolutely. these used games retailers and the publishers
1: themselves. Yep. Yep. And like, the uh, the online pass is, is the first step that the the development side you know combined force with the publishers. Um that it's their sort of you know first like here you know in this arms race like mm-hmm. okay this is this is our first way to fight back but I, I, I still don't see that as being a truly yeah. effective way to to counter the losses that they're taking and make no mistake I, I'm not stupid I mean the publishers are taking a loss on all of those bought back sales too because mm-hmm. you know you going in and buying a game for fifty five dollars is you not spending fifty nine dollars on their new game yeah so. correct um, here's my one concession in regards to actual distri- digital distribution. I am. I, I love the 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 fetish of the new and of the physical. Like I'm totally fine with downloading my games and everything, but I still love cases and I love the yeah. booklets and. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can just get like, you know how they have those bottles of stuff that's like new car smell? Like if I could just get like a (laughs) new game smell because that's, right? I mean, do you guys do that? You open it up and there's that, there's that, you get that whiff of like freshly printed ink and combined with totally toxic plastic (laughs) case. And it's just, it's the most beautiful smell. (laughs) I mean, don't you, when you rip the plastic off and you open it up, don't you, you put that up to your, yeah.
0: I I don't uh, smell it, but I know what you're talking
1: about. Oh, you really don't?
0: I have smelled it, but I
1: don't like smell it you know oh what i mean no, no no new game I, smell yeah, i smell it so either that or if if the if the new xbox 720 or whatever it is could have like a little you know thing to emit like a tss. like those glade things the yeah. motion sensors yeah, yeah. I, they should make that they should make that so so here we've solved the ea's problem in this podcast <laughs> and we've created a new new game smell product for uh for air freshener companies that's so true make it happen we're, we're here to help people absolutely <laughs> cool guys well uh, is that that
0: time It is that time. What time is it, Casey? It's time for some Brilliant. I love it. Mike says, I absolutely adored Castle Crashers on XBLA. Can you recommend some games of a similar vein? Absolutely. Yes, we can. It kind of depends on what you liked about Castle Crashers, though, because there are a lot of facets to that game. Um, If you liked the um, multiplayer combat, um, kind of the the side-scrolling beat 'em up elements of Castle Crashers, <clears throat> I would recommend you go for the Konami Arcade Holy Triumvirate, <laughs> um, the Trinity of games, as it were. You mm-hmm. download uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, X Men, and the recently released just this Friday Simpsons Arcade. Yeah. Woo! Also check out Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes.
2: Another good, great four-player brawler. And if you want to go a little bit old school, grab Guardian Heroes. Yeah. Ooh, oh my god. A good one. Nice. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But if you love the art style of Castle
1: Crashers, grab um, uh, the Behemoth's old game, Alien Hominid. Yeah, definitely. And if you like four-player co-op that has like customizable stuff and leveling up, um, you can try out Dungeon Defenders as well. Oh, good call. Yeah, totally. It's it's different. It's not side-scrolling, but, um, but right. I mean the, the co-op elements are definitely yes. there. As
0: are the, the RPG elements. Yep. I yeah. mean, Dungeon Defenders a lot more so than Castle Crashers.
1: But and Dungeon Defenders is way prettier than Castle Crashers. Right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a really it's a really good-looking game. Yep. Bright, um, bouncing colors, bouncing colors, popping colors I mean, is what I was
1: trying to say. The popping colors that bounce. <laughs> it's and it's not your average uh, uh, Unreal Engine-powered game. It looks different than you know Gears of War. And yeah, for Unreal sure. Tournament. So,
0: But it does take advantage of that engine. So does. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that you can check out if you are a fan of Castle Crashers.
2: When's uh, Battle Block Theater coming out? Their new game that they've been working on for like three years. Because they can take their sweet-ass <laughs> time because they sold so many copies of Castle Crashers. I think that's your answer. Sweet-ass time? When yeah, it's ready. It, uh, when, it, when it's
0: ready. When they are done taking their sweet-ass time <laughs> with it. That's when it will come out. It's amazing. Castle Crashers to this day
2: is still in like... I think uh, we put up a list of most played XBLA games, XBLA mm-hmm. games in tw- 2011, and it was definitely in the top ten, if not the top five. For and sure. And that's a
0: four- or five-year-old game now. But it's got so much legs. It's like, yeah, it does. It's like an old SNES game. You can just play it whenever. It's yeah. evergreen. You can pop it in and have a, an awesome co-op time with your friends. You know, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't really age. Yeah. It's just freaking out. Goddamn, I want to go home and play Castle Crashers. <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. Thanks a lot, Mike. <laughs> All right. Hope that answered your question. Adam says, after several times hearing that people complain about the odd 10 to 15 Microsoft points, I thought I'd inform everyone what I do. I'm a member of Xbox Live Rewards. Every month I do a very quick questionnaire, which consists of four questions roughly taking minutes, which rewards me with 20 Microsoft points. There are there are also offers every month that award you with extra points as well. That's great. Um Yeah. Yeah, I recommend anyone who hasn't become a member of Xbox Live Rewards definitely do so. It's a really you know quick and easy way to get like some points here and there. It does add up after a while. That's yeah. like you know, a couple
2: of months where I'm like oh, I could buy an Xbox Live Indie Game. Definitely. there's a few good ones out there. Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, it's it's you know great. It's quick and easy. He's right. All you have to do is really fill out a questionnaire here and there. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that that you know people were complaining about. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, 20, 20 points here and there can add up. but It takes a while. It does. It takes a while. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth looking out.
2: But for. I think, regardless, this doesn't um, kill the problem of my, the inherent <clears throat> problem in Microsoft points in that yeah. they sell them in bunches so that you're always going to have odd numbers. That's true. So that no matter what combination you buy, there's going to be leftover, and you're gonna, they're going to try to get you to buy avatar items.
0: How many times have you hit zero, Pete? I don't know that I ever have really? No, I'm sure
2: I have. No, that's just it. I think on a time or two with Microsoft rewards mm-hmm. I've been like I've gone from like 380 to 400 be like, "Oh, I'm going to buy a game." <laughs> hey.
0: Nice. Yeah, I've hit 0 twice. Yeah, ever. It's rare though.
1: It is. It's rare. What you mean you've had no points in your account? Zero Microsoft points, yes. Yeah.
0: I've only ever done that twice. That's hard to do. It's really hard to do. Yeah, that
1: you should get an achievement for that. You should. <laughs> yeah, a one great. point
2: achievement to clear up all those odd scores too. Yeah,
1: what they should do is they should populate the store with like things in strange increments, like six points, twelve points, twenty points, ten points yeah <laughs> 50 points gryffindor yeah and you know what i there i may not even know this but the, that may already exist like hats for your avatar or like you know they do exist you know, ring, no, no, no. but not for six yeah. points no that's true but you know what i'm saying so yeah well, for six the, points for the, uh, is like what not even a dime i, I don't, don't know think. <laughs> i have no idea Diamond hopper bean. i'm just work with me here <laughs> i'm just spitballing
0: all right oh <laughs> yeah. you um, but here's what I had to do to hit zero. I had to buy a song off of the Zune Marketplace, <laughs> which is something that. So you were trying to hit zero. Wow. I you went out of your way to seek out that magical number. I did, but it was a song that I wanted, so I guess I won in the end. Hitting zero and getting a song. I but yeah, um, you're always a winner in our book, Stephen. Thank you, thank you. That's really good advice, Adam. I hope everyone takes it to heart and joins the Microsoft Live Rewards program because. It's a great way to get extra points. Exactly. Super cheap and easy. Vincent says, why do violent games seem to be the only games having commercial success? Yes, Skyrim is a violent
1: game. Huh. <clears throat> define commercial success and define like, what games you're talking about. Is he only talking about like Xbox games? Because I would argue that there's plenty of games that have crazy commercial success that aren't violent at all. Like That's true. Tetris, Angry Birds, Minecraft. Yep. Um, Dan Central. Yeah. And that's not violent. It depends on how you dance. That's not that successful. What? what, How many copies did it sell? Like, Dance Central? Yeah. Yeah. That was huge. I'm talking talking mega blockbuster. Yeah. Well. (coughs) But even even (coughs) still. To be sure. Okay. Um, Or uh, something that's (coughs) even sold more than that. Just Dance. Or any of the DDR games. Yep. I mean, tons and bazillions of arcade games. Guitar Um, Heroes. Pac-Man. Music games in general. Just sing. Yeah
0: to you know not to take the the 10,000 foot look down on this but <laughs> the thing about video games what makes video games work what makes the idea of a video game work is conflict resolution in every single game that you play there's always a hurdle that has to be overcome there's a goal that has to be attained there's you know a coin that has to be picked up and um i guess one of the easiest and quickest ways of resolving a conflict is through violence yeah. i mean whether or not it's skyrim and you're you're hacking a troll to bits with a sword or you're mario and you're jumping on a turtle and
1: kicking so a shell funny.
0: down a hole like it's it that that's basically what a video game is it's the idea of conflict resolution and you know and for the the long of the short is human nature a lot of conflict is resolved through you know violent means absolutely it's a it's a kind of instant
2: gratification <clears throat> of um, completing something. Like, yeah. in essence, like, getting a Tetris is the same as, like, taking out a hard enemy sort of thing. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. It's the same sort of success, but violence is much more visual and much more, Im- I don't know, immediate, I guess? Identifiable. I Identifiable, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, people respond to violence. I mean, it, it might seem that they're the only ones having success, but they're not the only ones having
1: success. Yeah, but there is a fascination with violent games, and they are incredibly successful, yeah, especially for in sure. this generation. The big AAA games, whether it's Call of Duty or Battlefield or Halo or um, Forces, kind of violent, isn't it? Well, the way you drive, <laughs> <laughs> zing.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Good I mean question. there there are some there are some successful non-violent games, but you know you do have a point. There are a lot more violent games, and that's just. And kind of the nature of the beast they kind
2: of make more headlines too I yeah think. if it's totally. like the mainstream media picking up some off-handed violent story that they don't need to be talking about mm-hmm. or what they tend to get more press i think
0: yeah totally totally hmm it's one to think about
2: that's
0: locksmiths it's one, one to grow on totally <laughs> one to show on One to grow on <clears throat> christopher says during the latest unlock the smiths referenced if a game was a full retail or a live download. Does the fact that a game is cheaper impact the review? Is it easier to give an 8 to a download than a retail game? What do you guys think? It's a tough call. Yeah.
1: I think uh, absolutely. I mean, um, it's a value proposition. It's, um, (coughs) you know, it's the difference between saying, okay, is this worth... And this is part of what we take into consideration during our critique. is, Is this... What what value are you are you deriving from this form of entertainment for the cost that you're paying? Yeah, um, you know, there's a difference between paying full price at night for a movie versus going to a matinee. Like, there's plenty of us who would say, "Oh, I really want to see that, but I don't want to pay twelve bucks or eighteen dollars or whatever they charge at the crazy movie theaters now." Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, but I'll go see it some matinee time for four bucks or something. Yeah. Um, and the same is true with in games. I mean, there's plenty of games that come out that. Are priced under the the normal fifty nine ninety nine rate, and the same thing obviously for digitally downloaded titles. Um, yeah. I think it changes. You know, it changes the hurt you feel and the the crushing that that comes to your soul when you play a game and it's maybe not as good as you'd like it to to have been, and you think, oh, well, I only spent thirty bucks on it. Yeah, that's. Yeah part of the appeal of used games too
2: (laughs) i think the danger in the for the audience here though is trying to think that means to weigh numbers differently like if we're talking about a downloadable game that's a seven versus a retail game that's a seven you have to understand that we uh factor that value into both right so as a downloadable game this is a seven and as a retail game that's a you know that's a seven it doesn't mean
0: yeah it's it's not you know what i'm trying to say yeah it's not a, a mutually exclusive thing yeah i mean Both of them have definitely a value. And like like Casey said, they're both value propositions. Like, if you can get your value, or, you know, it's also a lot of it comes down to the reviewer. If the reviewer feels that they have their value um, in a $10 game that you download off XBLA versus a $60 game, I mean, obviously that criteria is going to shift a little bit. But, you know, in terms of, like, the actual ratio of of what they're saying and what they're doing, like, is this game worth it? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you know pretty it's across the board. I mean, you can play a five-hour XBLA game, and you know say, oh, the, that was that was you know worth the money that I spent on it, the the eight hundred Microsoft points. But you know, if you were to take like a uh, sixty-dollar, you know, game that was also five hours, you might that might factor into the review differently. Yeah, so
2: I think what I was trying to say was that we don't give cheaper games a free pass. Like, if a downloadable game has like an eight, it's not because like, oh, it's a shitty game, but it was cheap. So hey, eight. It's that at for you know, it's for how much you paid and what you get out of it. That's what we feel it deserves.
1: Yeah, there's just don't want to confuse it that way. Totally. No, I mean it goes both ways. I I think Mm -hmm. for games that are full price. Um, the opposite is true. We're, you know, we're measuring it to that criteria. Like, and we often say that. You know I mean, is this worth spending your $60 on this mm-hmm. game? Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, a, a big contributing factor. And I think it's nice when you see a publisher come out the door and say – or demonstrate some sort of cognizance that, hey, you know, like Deadly Premonition I – brought, I brought this up. We were talking about this earlier – um i think that shipped at either 1999 or 29.99 and deadly Mm -hmm. premonition was a total niche game it's like it has all (laughs) the appeal of twin peaks and uh you know it's a weird bizarre kind of b movie cult sort of presentation our own uh former xbox editor eric brudvig did not like it at all but there's plenty of people who played it and just thought wow this is this is really incredible Um, but I think that it made it more palatable, um, and easier to try because it shipped at such a low price. And Mm -hmm, I think that the publisher, um, when, when they, they put out games at that price, they're, they're saying to you, Hey, we're not expecting you to compare this to Gears of War, um, but we want you to play our game and it's fun. So here's, here's a fun game and you know, it may or may not be fun, but here's, it's priced at a much, um, more reasonable, uh, at a much more reasonable place. So, yeah.
2: Totally. So, so, yeah, I think to bring this all together to answer your question, is it easier to give an eight to a download and, than a retail? No, it's not. Because mm. a, re- a downloadable game still has to be good. Yeah. And so um, it doesn't make the score you give it any easier. Like, think about it like what Moriarty did for Amy. Uh, we're not giving that any kind of pass just because it's
0: only, you know, 800 Microsoft points. Right. It's a, a bad game, it's a bad game. It's, yeah, it's not
1: worth the 800 Microsoft points. Exactly so yeah and i'm sorry i i may have misunderstood the question the actual question of is it easier to give an eight to a downloadable no 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 that's totally wrong what i was saying is that i think that the the price does factor into our review so Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i misunderstood the question i'm a jerk i'm sorry christopher (laughs) no No. we got
0: we got a full answer though
1: you know did how we look at it
0: you guys we did it (laughs) we did it guys (laughs) ah yes all right Andrew says, I was wondering what games that have come out in the current generation of consoles we personally feel and the industry at large will consider classics in 20 to 30 years. Personally, five that he thinks will be fantastic no matter what include Bastion, Bioshock, Red Dead Redemption, Portal 2, and Mass Effect 2.
2: I agree with you That's a great list. Yeah. But I think, um, I mean, without regards to 3, we don't know what it's going to be like yet. But I think it'll be like, oh, remember the Mass Effect series. Right. Like, 2 is fan- great, you know, sure, but mm-hmm. uh, don't discount Mass Effect 1, yeah. you know what I mean?
0: Like, of course, 2 improved a lot of it, but... I would say there's, like, a definite arc for the Mass Effect franchise, and I think that's how it's going to be seen as, you know, three parts of a whole versus, you know, 2 being better than the other ones.
2: But there's so something so uh, personal about that, too. If you look at the video that just went up on IGN... Um, that Damon put together about everyone's favorite game of like this generation of all time. like Our mm-hmm. all-time favorite games are so vastly different. There's yeah. so much like personal experience and history that goes into that, that who knows what we'll all be saying in 20, 30 years. I mean, I think these are obvious like candidates that everyone kind of will respect and look back on as you know mm-hmm. great, amazing games. But 20, 30 years, who knows what's going to happen in that time. That's right. Maybe uh, amazing.
1: I agree with Stephen though. I, I think that there's something to be said for franchises because, uh, you know, this generation isn't over. So we're we're not only gonna see you know Mass Effect obviously be finished up, but we'll probably get a Dead Space three. Um, I mean, I think the Arkham series is fantastic, and mm-hmm. I'll probably totally. always look back and associate um, this generation with you know Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, and hopefully whatever's after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moved and the world. Same thing with with Halo. I mean, who knows how many more Halos we're gonna get on this console? We are getting Halo four this. Year year. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my definitive uh, games of this generation was Halo 3. Um, So, and same thing with Gears of War. I think that that series um, absolutely, Uh, Gears 1, 2 and 3. Um, Other ones that stand out to me um, just as sort of timeless classics that will probably come out of this era is Braid. And then, um, Mm. to a lesser degree, Geometry Wars. Like, I associate Geometry Wars with Xbox 360 launch and with like I mean, I played the crap out of that and, Mm -hmm. and same thing with 2, but um and another one that's just a guilty pleasure of mine is um crackdown <laughs>
2: oh yes i will always look back on that found fondly but i, I mean, think that's
0: not everyone's going to do that in twenty thirty years yep.
1: you know and
0: dead rising we'll too maybe in crackdown we will or maybe in 20 30 years we will all be living in crackdown <laughs> i hope so like we'll be able to like jump through buildings and have crazy bionic implants yeah and and you'll think to yourself, Let throw
1: cars. Well, let's go grab dinner, honey, at that cafe. Wait, I have to run up to the top of that building and grab that, that energy orb. <laughs> or the, uh, the agility orb. Yeah. Oh, shit. Somebody already got it. Damn it. Oh, there's it those how, neighbors. Oh, man. The, oh, would wait, would how be? are we
2: living in Crackdown 2? That orb's moving. Oh, Can you, oh,
1: man, that's, that oh was, man. That zombies. was terrible. Can you imagine a Crackdown MMO? Whoa. Wait, <laughs> they tried with the Matrix Online. Uh, yeah, but it, there, was, there were no agility Stop. orbs. That's, oh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't even need gameplay. I wouldn't need bosses. <laughs> Just, it's orbs. just like it's. It would actually be called Agility Orb MMO. So there would be. So there.
0: To, to make the game work, though, there'd have to be like finite agility orbs in the no, world, no. right?
1: No, it wouldn't because they as just you, respawn. Like, listen, as you level up, like the, what is what is infinite about it? Finite's the wrong word. Infinite would be um, the verticality; it would just keep going up and the low level guys couldn't get up and and you know the 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 orbs would be there for for everyone so so what do you um, do in the end game at the level cap i don't know it would be at the very top though <laughs> yeah i know you go all the way to the bottom and you jump, jump to you, the top well you, you, you and vice versa cuz that's yeah, the yeah. best part of the original crackdown um, was head. climbing up to the, the tower agency tower yeah jumping <laughs> down into the the water <laughs> oh my god oh my sounds god. compelling Where i wouldn't mind,
0: i wouldn't mind playing that again crackdown it, or crackdown mmo both
1: jump and fall down crackdown and, uh, you know it's not crackdown mo it's agility orb agility orb MMO. MMO. it's just it's just a platformer <laughs> Agility it doesn't have a clever name because it's a platforming it's that good. mmo with no story <laughs> all you do is jump a-o-m-o uh we could we could add shooting with them we'd have to call it Mega Man. oh that's true <laughs> call it
0: uh snake man stage in Mega Man 3 that's right snake man stage jump Love shoot it. man because you like climb up like there'd be snakes suddenly everywhere and then or, and then you'd climb out of the snakes and you'd be in the clouds It's crazy I love that game I think people probably back to the question sorry Agility, screw the get question us, let's make a Mega get us Man get on MMO. task Pete
1: oh
2: man uh, I was going to say people probably look back and say Elder Scrolls in general like as a series
0: for that <clears throat> yeah. down the line you know yeah sure.
1: Oblivion and Skyrim are, are two huge high points in yeah. this, mm-hmm. this console generation
0: yeah yep. and we'll see how uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 is but mm-hmm. 4 possibly i, think, I so. think people are going to look back on four and and consider it like a, a pretty landmark game because it was i already do yeah you do it's not my favorite but yeah, well, <laughs> yeah I know. but i we're just talking about historical games you're right no not personal preference yeah, if here. they choose that one
1: they'll be wrong but that's fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fine <laughs> we'll, Whatever.
1: Su- we'll suffer their bad choices i, I, I don't even care You know, whatever. I don't even care. (laughs) I still don't even know. I don't even care.
0: One game that I would like people to talk about in 20 or 30 years would be Rez. Because I Mm. love that game. Even though it's technically not this generation. A different generation, bro. I don't care. You
1: know what? Get your
0: shit. You know what? what? I don't even care.
1: I still don't even know what you're talking about. I don't
0: (laughs) even care. Is there any more? There is. One one more. One more. One more, and then we're going to move on to some MBKs. Uh, My bad habit, says Lights Out, would have to be buying XBLA games when they are part of of deal-of-the-week sales and never getting around to play them. I have around 20 XBLA games that I have yet to play, but I keep on buying because the prices are just too good to pass. Uh, He would like to know what some of our bad habits are when it comes to gaming. What do we do that we're kind of ashamed of? I do exactly what he does. I get XBLA games because they're super cheap, and I've heard great things, and I never play them. I know. From Dust, I've played once. Yeah, Oof, That's a good one. I know. I totally know. Don't get me wrong. But I just have not had much of a chance. Or time that happens to, to, to me on it. Steam. Yeah? When the deals are
2: just really ridiculous. You're like, oh, I'll play that later. Oh, you don't sure. play that later. Um,
1: yeah. I think giving up on multiplayer portions of games. Mm-hmm. I, I I've done that. Um, where I'll just be playing a game for fun not for review or anything and I just I'll play the multiplayer a little bit and then I just will sort of if other people aren't playing it that I know and I go into a a lobby and it's just a bunch of jerks or something (laughs) it's just not my thing you know it does happen a lot I, I
0: also do it not just with XBLA games but also DLC Like, I'll buy a DLC pack for a game with the intent of, like, okay, well, I'm going to totally finish this game and then play the DLC for it. And I never get around to finishing the base game. Yeah. But I still have the DLC. And, you know, I can't play the DLC without beating the game uh, a lot of times. Because that's kind of how I work. I've I've
2: discovered with uh, some stuff recently, I have this balance of where I start (laughs) entirely too much at the same time. So I have, like, six games going on at once. Yeah. And then I'll swing the other way and, like obsess over one to completion like i'd been playing saints row three for weeks i got to like 98 percent completion and i was like you know what this has to stop <laughs> i do not need to hijack those last 10 cars and finish those last 15 challenges to 100 this
1: you do peter if you're at 90 you, totally <laughs> you owe it to yourself <laughs> i know you're, i'm so close <laughs> you're doing what lights out is describing here that's a bad habit and that is a bad habit if you invest that much time you know if you're at like 98 percent ingots like found for fallout 3 go find those other ones that's, go get a walkthrough do yeah. it and finish your damn i'm game. so close yeah peter please lights out wouldn't want it any other way <laughs> all right lights out
2: for you i will 100 percent saints make them. it happen
1: Woo!
0: all right guys that does it for email Eat there you go uh, let's move on to some mbks fabian has two for us uh one is a uh sexy redheaded um mbk i guess <laughs> Uh, Allison Hannigan, Felicia Day, Emma Stone, Mary Boff, Kilgo, Mary Emma Stone. Uh,
1: oh come on, that's so easy. Is it though? Oh gosh, <laughs> go. I would. Mary Emma Stone, uh, Boff, Allison, kill Felicia Day. God. Yeah, I knew she was gonna die, but I was I trying know. to think. <laughs> <knew> She's <laughs> going be there. Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, that's
2: good. I'm with it.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um. And the second one is Mass Effect, Elder Scrolls, Diablo. Mary, Boff, kill, go.
2: Mary, Mass Effect, Boff, Diablo, kill, El- Elder Scrolls. Cool. Sorry.
0: Uh, Mary, Mass Effect,
1: Boff, Elder Scrolls, kill Diablo. Oh, dude, fuck you! Oh my god. Mary, Mass Effect, could kill Elder Scrolls and Boff Diablo. Yep. I'm just, I'm, I've, I'm tired <laughs> of Elder Scrolls at this point. It's January. It's the Hangover is <laughs> already coming past, like That's Skyrim, true. whatever. And dude, Diablo 3 is gonna be so good. Oh yeah, it is. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you got to kill something, right? You just, kill you just right? killed it, though. You got to kill Why don't something. Why you kill the thing that's old?
0: Well, what?
1: Never mind. Just Talk move it. on.
0: <laughs> All right, Martin says vampire, zombies, werewolves. Marry, Boff, kill, go.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm gonna marry werewolves. Yep. Uh, boff, zombies. Oh no. Kill vampires. No, the zombies are done.
1: Zombies are so pretty are done. fucking yeah. vampires, vampires are pretty man. bad too, though. Yeah, but you know what? I, vampires taught. are the worst now. Well, now, but do you hate Now pay They attention? suck ass. You know, it's like you watch Twilight. I
2: Steve, absolutely do not okay, watch well, Twilight. Then there you Steve know, like, just hasn't gotten over the Twilight books. That's why he's mad at vampires.
0: I can not believe no. the end of Breaking Dawn <laughs> or
1: Breaking Bad. <laughs>
0: Breaking Bad. I yeah.
1: have traveled through oceans of time yeah. to be as what you are.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was not Twilight. Um, yeah, I, I, I would marry werewolves, uh, boff vampires, and kill zombies. <clears throat> I would boff zombies, zombies because... Zombies are just old. Walking
0: Dead, though, is awesome. Nah. Walking Dead, Twilight. Boff, kill. Okay. Yeah, in that case, well, kill yeah, sure. Twilight. But that's yeah. not what it says. Exactly. That, that is what it says, This is much more though. general.
2: That's what, that what read it says. Inside. You're being a jerk. Between the
1: lines the right.
0: nine. Oh no did did everyone else go i sorry i yeah, went we off did. on a tangent okay uh that guy you know the one he says pre-order bonuses online passes day one dlc oh God. Mary Bob, kill go can we just kill them all kill, because kill, they're kill. all
1: suck ass they're all lame uh they are Damn. all lame although day one dlc is fine i guess yeah um but yeah that's that's that, that guy those are bad <laughs> You just you're putting us you're asking us like that's which <laughs> which shit we want to marry. I'll yeah. tell you what.
0: I'll I'll marry day one DLC yep. kill pre order bonuses. Or wait, marry pre order bonuses and kill online passes. So you married two and killed one, that's good. Oh wait, Let's I, I, I thought on. I said boff. It's okay. I was gonna kill pre order bonuses. Were you? Yeah. But then you'd let uh
2: online, online passes? passes live. Ugh. It's terrible. You it's see, if you buy the game new,
0: then you don't have to worry about that.
1: That's but wh- true. We already established who buys games <laughs> new. I want to save five bucks.
0: Oh, all right. Uh, William says Mega Man 2, Final Fantasy 6, Sonic 2. That right order. go. Yeah?
1: Yeah, that uh, order. 100% that order. All right. Um, Mega Man 2, best game ever.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd have to do that order. I tried to, like, see, well, maybe I can block. No, that order. I pulled the Mega Man 2 dragon specifically into
2: the evil species list. And well it. played for you too. <laughs> nice, yes.
0: That guy was a real bastard when he, when he started chasing you and you oh had God. to jump on the blocks. And then, and then you're like, oh shit, I'm out of blocks. But then he stops and yeah. then you stop. And then it's like, all right, shit's on. It's, it's on. Showdown. <laughs> it's on. I love that part. Oh, I love Mega Man 2. Oh, I know. God damn it. Okay, Michael says The Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Mary Boff, Kill Go. Um, Mary 2, Boff, Darkness, Kill the Original.
1: Oh, what? But dude, you are... No, you just right. failed. I'm going to marry two. Yep. Boff, evil dead, yep. kill Army of Darkness. And that's what I would do, because Army of Darkness is
0: lame. Army of Darkness is <laughs> just too self-aware, man. It they just, were like, okay, we know this is full of shit, and we're just goofy, <laughs> so I'm going to kick out some Duke Nukem lines and... yeah no, it was bad. Call it good, boomstick, yep. blah, whatever. It was just uh, <laughs> so many catchphrases and shit, and yep. ah, I don't know. I Army of Darkness was... And you can't kind of do a downer.
1: You can't do anything except for something positive with the first two Evil Dead movies. I'm sorry. Two in particular? Yeah. Fucking that's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. One of my top five favorite movies of yeah, all. time. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. We're all on the same page there. Time.
0: Like two was the best. Two was yep. that that brand of inadvertently funny and freaking hilarious. Yep. That made, you know, the first two movies work, but it was a science in Evil Dead Two. Very Evil good. Dead Two was incredible. But then then Army of Darkness, it was like, you know, Sam Raimi or whoever looked back and said, Oh, I guess that was kind of funny. <laughs> that's the direction we're going to go. And it's, it ruined it. I would posit that um, another thing to possibly marry or boff on here but not kill is Drag Me to Hell. Have you guys seen oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yes. Freaking awesome. It, that yeah, to me is,
2: that's Evil Dead 4. It's so great to see that in this day and age. Something that can't be an awesome. I
1: love that movie. The fight scene in the parking lot. So amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Where where she puts her mouth, her whole entire jaw, like a snake over her mouth. then And then the seance with the the goat. Oh, You guys remember that? Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, All right, Michael. Mission. You get your own meta achievement. If you haven't seen uh, uh, Drive Me to Hell, Hell, go watch it. Watch it. And let us know what you think. uh, Forget about the Raimi Spider-Mans. Pretend that's never, never happened. Happen. Drag me to hell. Drag me to hell. Freaking amazing movie. Our guy Yair says, Costume Quest, Stacking, or Iron Brigade? Mary, boff, kill, go. Oh, man. A double fine one.
2: Yeah. I think Mary Costume ca- Quest,
1: boff, Iron Brigade, kill, Stacking. I'm going to do that order, too. Yeah. I'm only going to marry and boff Costume Quest because I haven't played Stacking or Trenched. Iron Brigade. Trenched Brigade.
0: Uh, I loved Costume Quest. That yes. game was awesome it was so much fun it was a great one and good. it was funny like it, it had yeah. such a great sense of humor about itself good submissions everyone yeah totally thanks for the mbks keep them coming <laughs> except for the dlc one and the online pass- oh, yeah, yeah, it's, fine. it's hard. fine to send no, us no. stumpers we need those send hard us those. Ones. That's right yeah send us those yeah
2: for sure so many of them are like we have to kill something we love that guy don't worry about it
0: man
1: it's okay you keep sending guy. us those tough
0: ones we, we love you that guy we love that guy <laughs> All right, that does it for MBKs and questions and answers. If you have any more, or you just want to shoot the shit, please send us messages at unlocked at IGN.com. Remember to keep them short and sweet so we can try to get to them on the podcast. Uh, No promises, we'll do what we can. Uh, Conversely, you can hit us up on Twitter at unlocked, at P. Eichmanns, at LynchTacular, at IGN, and myself at Steven underscore Hopper. And our meta achievement for this week is let us know your thoughts on this whole used games debacle. Yeah. Um, let us know if you like used games, if you think they're good for the industry, if you think they're bad for the industry. Uh, just come up with, you know, your opinion and, and let us know. Yeah. And that one's worth, uh, let's say, 15 yeah. camera points. Takes a little effort. right? Yeah. a whole message. For sure. All right, guys. That does it for the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, Locksmiths. Absolutely. And thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. And uh, we will catch you next time. Word up.